Well, actually, I'm glad everybody's here. Th no, th thanks for being here today. And that's right. I, I absolutely understand. Because God is good. And all the time. And even on those days when life seems just uh, hard and unsurvivable and ridiculous, God is always faithful. Um, <clears throat> so, tell me about this. It, yeah, it's one of these... Uh, tactical. You know, a few years ago, they started advertising these military-grade tactical flashlights, right? The, the, this one, I think, uh, throws a, uh, a beam that projects across two, the length of two football fields <clears throat> and it has a narrow beam or a tiny beam and, uh, and it has a pulsar and all that kind of stuff on it. Uh, and... It's uh, it's an LED light, so it's super bright, and you can you can blind a bear with it. And um, I mean, there. And I, I every time I see these commercials for these flashlights, I just think, boy, wouldn't it be awesome to have a flashlight like that? I mean, you would just be. Would you have just? You would have totally arrived in the world of flashlights if you had a flashlight like that. Because let me just tell you, in, in, our, in, in our kitchen cabinet, um, look, this is what we, we have. We have this flashlight. This, 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 this flashlight. Um, I have this flashlight. Those are just the ones I can find. Our house is full of flashlights that don't work. And so I thought, so I, you know, a few years ago, I splurged. I got this ever-ready, industrial, not quite military-grade, I guess, but it says industrial right there. Now, I, you know, if I put batteries, new batteries in it, it would help. But even, even at that, it... They get temperamental after a while, you know. If you don't have this thing screwed in quite right, and it just this doesn't work, and and you end up stubbing your toe in the middle of the night because you don't have a flashlight, and, and so that's just um, so. So the whole point here is that if we spent, if I spent the time putting batteries on all these flashlights, they would probably be better. But wow. Not as powerful as this. And th this has, wait, a rechargeable um, battery that gives you full stream of light for s up to six hours. Um, I don't know what would happen to one of these if you put batteries in it and left it on for six hours. Um, uh, so but the, so the, the, the whole thing here is that the more power you have access to, the brighter the light. Uh, and I'm just tired of these. The, honestly, the best flashlight that we have in our house right now is this one, the stupid little flashlight. 
But, and, uh, anyhow, um, at least because you know you're going to always make sure your phone is charged, right? Um, anyhow, we, we, we just struggle so much, whether it's flashlights or something else, with a power deficit. And I believe that for the body of Christ, it is time for us to get past that. And God, God has made us some promises. And we are so far out of touch with them that we have accepted this as our standard. This is, you know, um, we're happy if we get this much power in our relationship with God. Uh, and, and we think everything is okay. Um, so, a couple of weeks ago, we, I'll just give you a quick review. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this. Uh, you know that the disciples have been kicked out of a lot of the, a lot of the b- new believers have been kicked out of Jerusalem. They've been scattered all over the place. Uh, Philip went up to Samaria. He started preaching, um, and uh, so, so this is reset. Uh, this is uh, Acts chapter eight. This will be verse nine. F- Philip has he's gotten to uh, Samaria, where Jews aren't very popular. But he has been preaching, we've talked about this pattern, where he just preached the word of God. I mean, he told people about Jesus. Very simple. Who Jesus was, uh, death, resurrection, rose, uh, rose from the dead to, pay, to all pay for your sins. He's now Lord, put your faith in him. But don't just take my word for it. Uh, come up here and let me pray for you. Come up here and let me lay hands on you. Come up here and let me... Uh, uh, anybody, need, anybody sick? Anybody need healing? Uh, anybody demon possessed? Come up here. Let me show you that uh, through His power that what I'm telling you is true. That's the way that the gospel was was moving. So there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria. He was claiming to be someone great, and they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving him atten- paying attention to him, saying, "This man, totally awesome, really cool. He's called the great power of God." And they were giving him attention because he had, for a long time, astonished him with his magic arts. But it was all magic. It was all fake. But he, uh, he had the pretense of having power, and they couldn't figure out what he was doing. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized men and women alike, and even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, and he was constantly amazed. <clears throat> so, um, demonstrations of power. Enough to uh, get the attention of the greatest faker in, uh, in town who knew what it took to fool people into thinking that you had power when you didn't. And he could not figure out how he did all those tricks. How are you? Wow, how did he do that? Um, And eventually he became convinced that it was real. 
that this could only be done by the genuine supernatural power of God. And on the basis of that, he placed his faith in Jesus and he was baptized, along with apparently a bunch of other people, because it says they believed Philip preaching the good news and the name of and they put in the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And they were being baptized men and women alike. Whole families coming forward. All right. So that was the last time we were here. Um, We left it at that. People were astonished at the demonstration of the power of God. But, wait, there's more. We pick up the story again today. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. This is a big deal because Peter and John uh, were still kind of bunkered, hunkered down in Jerusalem. There were the, hand, the handful of the original disciples were still kind of holding things together in Jerusalem. And it was the disciples, uh, it was their, their disciples who were being spun out, uh, Judea, Samaria, every place else. But this was a big deal, what was happening in Samaria. So they sent John and Peter to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And for some people, they go like, say, what? What? They were all, but didn't you say, back up beginning with verse 9, and that passage we talked about before, that they all placed their faith in Jesus and they were baptized, right? Then Peter and John got up there because they heard all these people had put their faith in Jesus and been baptized but had not received the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. <clears throat> and so what was going on in Samaria was they had a bunch of flashlights with no batteries. And what we have today in the church is a bunch of flashlights with no batteries. I think it's, y'all, we, we have to, there's a really sh- short, easy, super important lesson to learn here. You can obviously be saved and baptized and powerless. And more to the point, we should probably say it like this. Even saved and baptized, unless you admit the fact that you still have no power except the power of the Holy Spirit, you will always be powerless. I was reading a a quote from Catherine Marshall, uh, who actually wrote a book called Something More. I don't know if any of you have ever read it, but she wrote a book called Something More, uh, d- detailing some of her experiences and the experiences of Christians everywhere who discovered that there was more to having a relationship with God besides just going to church and doing the churchy thing. It started with uh, an introduction to the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in her life. And she, and she said, you know what? Uh, if, are, are you going through a time in your life where nothing seems to be working? When uh, all your plans are just 
getting knocked into a cocked hat and, and all the things that you are trying to get done just aren't getting done. Um, she said, that's, uh, that's just one of those times where God is reminding you that you are powerless uh, and putting you in a position where uh, you have to trust his power instead. And the quicker that you figure out that you are powerless so that you can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to flow into your life and accomplish things that, accomplish things that mere humans can't accomplish. Don't freak out. Just realize that this is one of those times where God is going to let you see that his power is greater than yours. Okay? Does that make sense? <clears throat> so, uh, so it was really important to Peter and John. Their whole experience after the resurrection of Jesus. What did Jesus say to them? Um, after they... Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will, have the, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. So my translation, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to tell what you've experienced with miraculous results. So, um, do you remember back in Acts chapter 1 where uh, they were all excited and saying, uh, Jesus, what's going to happen next? And Jesus says, just don't leave town. Don't leave town. I don't want you to leave town. Don't do anything until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Anna, don't do anything until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Diana, don't do anything until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Gloria, don't do anything until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Uh, Caleb, Nate, please, don't do anything until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, don't leave town. Stay here. Stay right where you are. Stay off the streets. Don't leave town. Don't do anything until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Made a big impression on them. And their whole experience up, th- uh, up through Acts chapter 8, where we are right now, is an experience of seeing the power of the Holy Spirit just roll through their lives and do things that, that they could never even have dreamed or imagined. So, uh, here's... The, here, and so the first thing that they heard, oh my goodness, Samaritans have gotten saved? First of all, that's amazing. Because we never would have predicted that. Samaritans got saved? Okay, well we better hustle on up there and make sure that they're getting the Holy Spirit or else the whole thing is going to be a dud. And so they hustled up there and they laid hands on them to make sure that they would receive... the. They imparted on them the gift of the Holy Spirit through prayer and laying out of hands. Now, we will find out in subsequent chapters that this isn't the only way that it happens. But, it's critically super important that it happens. You can be, you can go to church, you can be saved, you can be baptized, you can have your faith in the right doctrinal principles you, you can be born again but and still not be living under the anointing and the power of the holy spirit uh, and and why do i say that apparently that's what peter and john believed peter and john believed wait they got saved did they get the holy spirit well then we better get up there uh, and and we we completely we get so comfortable in the church uh, especially because we've had all the experience. We've learned all the verses, right? We've memorized lots of Scripture. We've 
We know how to pray. Uh, we're going to be dedicated. We're going to be here on Sunday mornings. We're going to show up. Uh, we're going to stand up for Jesus with all sorts of good things. <clears throat> and we completely, completely missed the point that we will always be powerless without the power of the Holy Spirit. We will always be exhausted and frustrated and anemic as long as we are just trusting in our ability to figure things out. So, uh, I was just wondering about this, because there is something more. Uh, um, Catherine Marshall, she actually also wrote a book called The Helper to help people understand. She was just a plain old Presbyterian. Well, she, I don't know if you could actually call Catherine Marshall ever a plain old Presbyterian. But... Uh, but she, she wasn't raised in a Pentecostal background. She wasn't raised in an Assembly of God background. She wasn't raised uh, in... I mean, she was Presbyterian, what can I say? Um, but she discovered, through her own life experiences, that God can move in ways that regular church people have given up hoping for. As believers, we all, we all say, yes, well, God can do all sorts of things because He's God. But we live powerless lives. Um, because we, you know, people who, who aim for nothing hit it every time, right? And too often in the church, we aim for nothing and that's why we hit it so often. That's why there's so little power. We, we focus on what we think we can do for Jesus. Uh, here's a great example. Uh, I've, I've shared this with you before, but um, children of Israel being chased by Egyptians come up to the Red Sea. If this had been a normal church facing the Red Sea, they would have uh, impaneled a committee. They would have done a study. They would have... have they would, Try to figure out, look around, do we have enough materials to build enough boats to float uh, uh, a million and a half people across the Red Sea? They they would have had to have a a bake sale, Uh, maybe several bake sales. Um, And um, 40 years later, they would still be trying to build the boats and going nowhere. Nobody, if you put a committee of standard church people in charge of getting across the Red Sea, nobody would have said, hey, you know what we should do? Let's have Moses just get out there uh, right on the seashore and hold up his staff and command the seas to part. Right? That wouldn't have been your idea. Now, and, but now they, might have, they might have prayed and said, Oh, Lord, please just give us the supernatural ability to build a bunch of boats. Um, um, it wouldn't have dawned on them that there is a power out there greater than anything that didn't need them to do anything except stand and watch the demonstration of the power of God. Have you ever been in a situation where you were like that far over the edge to be able to say, I'm just, let's just watch the power of God show up here. Wait, I've got, I do have some, 
extra backup plans just in case God doesn't show up. Um, you ever in that place where you know, my, my, our favorite illustration, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Sure, God's, God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we'd rather just go up here and be burned up uh, like toast than stay out here and trust anything that isn't the presence and power of God. Um, we've just completely, we've completely lost the concept of what it means to live supernatural lives. Where our, our absolute our only expectation is that God will show up and, and do amazing, astonishing things that bring Him glory. And if He doesn't, I will still stand here and be unmoved while I'm waiting for Him. I'm, I'm waiting to see God's glory. I'm waiting to see God's power. I want His power to be moved, moving in me. So, there is something more. If you're thinking as a Christian, what's that, what's that song, Is That All There Is? Who was it that did that song? Uh, um, whoever it was, there was... Uh, I think we have a lot of people going to church and they're going to church because they don't know where else to go. But they kind of walk away every, every Sunday saying, is that all there is? Is that, is that all there is? I thought God was bigger than that. I thought, I thought Jesus was more than that. Um, nice people. We had a nice time. Had a nice sermon. Heard some nice music. Um, is that all there is? Do I really want to come back and do that again next Sunday? Is that all there is? Um, it's the power of you or the power of me versus the power of God. That's, that's the difference. So, Catherine Marshall says, yeah, there is something more. You can still buy it on Amazon. I looked this morning. Uh, you know, it's part of my story, too. Uh, um, I, I was saved through the ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ and Jerry Sharpless. Most of you know my testimony. I was taught how to witness. Spent, I mean, you know, the first, my, my junior and senior high, in high school each summer wandering up and down the beaches in Southern California uh, passing out four spiritual law booklets and and I I knew scripture I knew lots of stuff I I felt like I had it all together until I met somebody who said no there's more no I don't think so I know the Bible uh, nobody's ever told me there's more no that, trust me there's more and we studied the Book of Acts and it occurred to me that well it kind of looks like there might be more I'm not 100% convinced I I finally one night. I, I, I just got along with Jesus and said, Jesus, I, if there is something more, not saying there is, but if there, if there is something more, I, I want it. If this stuff is, is all true, I, I want it to be true of me. I, you know, I can't imagine why you would want me to speak in tongues, but if, I'll even speak in tongues if that's what you want. But, but I mostly just... If there is a level of experience of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in my life that I, that I have missed somehow, um, I want that. Would you please give that to me? Nobody laid hands on me. I, I just said yes to Jesus. I just said yes to Jesus. Uh, and I, all I can just tell you is that it changed my life. I won't go into all the stories after that, but, but I found out that there was something more. Uh, my friends Alan and Joan Eubank... Got as missionaries in Thailand, got in the same situation. Dedicated missionaries finally ran into a. 
They kept running to brick wall after brick wall after brick wall after brick wall, trying their best to lead uh, people in Thailand to Jesus. And it was just like, <laughs> splat, 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 splat. Nothing happened. And finally they said, well, maybe we should look in the Bible. Maybe there's something in the Bible that they're missing. What they found was the, the existence of power encounters where the power of God showed up and accomplished supernatural things that with all of their theological training, they weren't able to accomplish. They just got desperate enough for the presence of... And desperation, incidentally, is pr- pretty much... It's a big chunk of this. Until you get desperate, you're going to always rely on your own power. You're going to always rely on your own p- plan. You're going to always rely on your own training. You're going to always rely on your own bank account. You're always going to rely on something else that isn't the power of God until you, it finally just stops working and... Uh, and it's just you hanging on by, uh, like you and Wiley Coyote, just hanging on by a little tree branch hanging over a cliff, uh, hoping that uh, the tree branch doesn't break and you end up in the bottom of the gorge with an acme anvil dropping down on your head. When, you, when you're at that point and you have no other resources, that's usually when we turn to the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and surrender Finally, confess our weakness, confess our helplessness, confess our inability to figure anything out, Conf- confess our desperation to, to, re- to experience something more. And we can't even describe what it is that we want. We just know we don't have it. And that's what happened to Alan and Joan. Uh, <clears throat> There's a Methodist minister named Terry Takel who... Um, started out just being a regular Methodist minister. He was, for a long time, he was pastor of uh, Asbury United Methodist Church in College Station. It was a great, wonderful church. And uh, he accidentally stumbled into the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but if you're a Methodist, you're not really looking for that. But he, he, st- he stumbled into it. And, and it became a, a, a key, critical driving force in his ministry And, and, and it became really important to that when people got saved, he wanted to make sure, like Peter and John, that people received the Holy Spirit. Some of you have heard me tell this story. But Terry was, he has an interesting sense of humor. And so in Methodist, you have the option of either sprinkling or doing baptism by immersion. So Terry got a coffin uh, and he waterproofed the inside of the coffin and so if any time somebody got saved and they wanted to be baptized by immersion, which was his preference, uh, but they didn't build a baptistry into the church, so they would roll that coffin out, like right down here, and they would uh, fill it with water, and then put a little ladder there, and if so like, like if... Uh, Pat wanted to be baptized, they would, she'd have her little baptism outfit on and she'd climb the ladder and she would get into the baptistry. And Terry would usually stand on the outside and, you know, be baptized. But he also wanted to make sure that people got filled with the Holy Spirit. So after he baptized them, then he would lay hands on them and, and, and ask God to fill them with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. At which point, very often people would just 
fall back into the water and go limp. And, um, and then it would take like five people to drag them out of the baptistry because they, the Holy Spirit was like all over them. And it, was, it became a very indelicate process. So, so they eventually changed the process. So you still went into the coffin. You still get baptized. Then you clamber out dripping wet. And then he lays hands on you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you fall on the floor. Which, which is okay because they can mop that up pretty easy and you're not in anybody's way. Or, uh, but the point of the story, even though it's a kind of interesting image, is that came important enough to Terry that people not just be saved and baptized, but they have an opportunity to receive the presence, the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit as a separate experience. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen to everybody all at once sometimes, boom, boom, boom. Um, It happens all sorts of different ways. But the point is, if you're not being filled and controlled by the participating presence and power of the Holy Spirit, then it's just you walking around bumping into things. And Peter and John said, hey, wait, we've got to... We've got to make sure these people have, have been filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so my question, so it's, it's kind of part of Catherine Marshall's story, it's part of my story, part of Alan and Joan's story, part of Terry's story. Is it part of your story? Can you, can you say for sure when and where and how you realized you needed something more? When just living on other people's stories living uh, on a particular doctrinal perspective, living on uh, an experience that's more like chasing God than flowing in the presence and power of God. Um, I have to say this. uh, Being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is not a single closed event being filled and controlled by the holy spirit is kind of like drinking from a fire hose um and there are times that we come disconnected there's times when we slide back into believing the lies again of of our own our own ability to handle things and 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 it's up to me to fix this and it's up to me to figure this out because that's what the devil wants you to do and so sometimes you just have to stop and say oh my gosh I'm clearly not surrendering to the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit. I am trying to do this on my own. And that's why I'm stressed out. That's why I'm confused. That's why I'm frustrated. That's why nothing seems to be working. Uh, So, so Lord, I just repent. Um, Please renew the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit in me. It says in Ephesians... Uh, don't get drunk with wine, but be constantly filled and refilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I'm reminding myself this morning, and I'm reminding all of us that whenever you get to that spot where you're, you are just exhausted and worn out, and frustrated, and confused, and feeling defeated. Uh, All it really means 
is that you are not walking in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and you've, if you've never prayed that prayer that I prayed, which is Lord Jesus, if there is something more, I want it. Um, I don't want to rely on my own presence and power. Please fill me. Please fill me to overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit and a fresh anointing of the, your spirit in my life. If you've never prayed that prayer, then it's really super important to pray that. But just know that you probably will be praying it multiple times in your life because the devil just... Because um, we are unfortunately too much like these flashlights. Um, we live in the flesh and our batteries burn out. Uh, and the Holy Spirit doesn't burn out, but uh, the Holy Spirit waits for us <clears throat> to plug into Him. The Holy Spirit uh, can't do things f- with us, in us, through us, for us without us surrendering and asking to be connected to His power. Um, so, that's... Um, So if part of your story is that I, you know, I prayed to receive the Holy Spirit once upon a time and it really changed my life, then the, then the next part, the next question is, is your story up to date? Uh, when's the last time you did a power check? When's the last time you, you know, every, every Sunday before church starts, uh, Pamela or Mike or Connie or Nate checks the batteries in all our devices um, to make sure that the batteries are up to date. Um, When's the last time you checked to, to see if your, if your power supply was up to date? When's the last time you ch- checked with the Lord and said, Lord, is, am I missing it? Is there something more? Is there another level of being filled and controlled by, by the power of your spirit that, I, that you can give me? Have, have I been running on the flesh lately? Have I been draining my batteries? Um, Lord, I just want a new encounter with you. I just want a deeper encounter with you. <clears throat> Not enough to believe the truth. You have to live the truth. So, I just want to stop and pray. It's not a matter of if your batteries have run out. It's only a matter of when. Because we all have a tendency to outrun our own spiritual resources. We, we get caught up in battles. We get caught up in problems. We get caught up in situations. We worry, we strive, we struggle. We fall back into the flesh. And we don't realize that we have been cruising along powerless. So let me just encourage you today to look at certain situations, whatever situation, situations is that you're struggling with and you know you're struggling with them, I want to challenge you to just admit this. I am powerless. I am powerless over this thing I've been trying to fix. I am powerless over this question I'm trying to answer. I am powerless over this relationship I'm trying to fix. I am powerless. I am powerless. We have to start there. I am powerless. Once 
you are convinced that you are truly powerless and there's no strategy, no maneuver, no human resource, no plan that you could access that's going to make this work. Once you're convinced that you're absolutely powerless, once you admit and surrender to being powerless, then you can pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you now and confess to you that I am powerless. Lord, if there is something more, I want it. If there's something more you want to give me, I want it. Please baptize me afresh with your Holy Spirit. I surrender to your power. I receive your power. And I wait upon you to display your power in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.